Hello, you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. This week we're concentrating on the stage. I shall be chatting to the Dutch lady who runs Stet, the English language theatre based in The Hague, and I shall be talking to an Englishman who runs a Dutch opera company. We'll also have a song from the excellent band Steel Sheep, who I discovered a few weeks ago at the Delft Fringe Festival. Arts Talk Radio Online. I'm in the library in The Hague and I'm with Elske van Holk who runs Stet, the English theatre. And we're just coming up to your one of your busy times of the year with your Shakespeare. Yes, we open every year as from 2013 with um, the open-air performances by the British um, company Illyria, which is one of the oldest, or it is the oldest company from Britain performing in the open air. And we're delightful to have them year after year coming back. And so do our audiences, actually. So how many years have they been coming? Since 2006. So it's 13 years all in all. So it, it's really been going on uh, for a long time now. And it has always been pretty successful. And we have changed location uh, twice in The Hague. There are locations throughout the Netherlands. There is one close to Den Bosch. There's close to Amersfoort. So it, it's really a, a small Dutch tour. So where, where are the performances this year? Uh, this year they start in uh, Den Bosch in the open-air theatre, the Gershauer. Uh, um, with the Tempest and then the Tempest goes on to Wassenaar, close to Rathaus de Pau where this year will be the last performance because this is a a primeur as we say um, as from next year we will be in the Zuider Park Theater in The Hague so that's going to be a little bit of a change for people but it's good for everybody to get uh, to hear about it because uh, it will be closer but the Illyria is essentially an outdoor company isn't it It is a, a totally an outdoor company. They have uh, three performances, that, that three uh, productions that they tour uh, in the British Isles, and two of them are coming to the Netherlands. So that's it's really fun to have the Tempest here, Shakespeare's uh, last play that he wrote single-handedly, and um, uh, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. Well, you can imagine with five actors, the Forty Thieves. That's going to be a roar. Yes, that reminds me of a production I saw of uh, a pantomime of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, where they could only afford three, dwar three dwarves and the other four were cut out hardboard. <laughs> it didn't move very much. Um, but I suppose The Tempest is a good choice, because the problem with outdoor shows is the weather, and it doesn't really matter if there's a big storm for The Tempest. No, it doesn't really matter anyway, because come rain or shine, uh, they perform, and we're in it all together. And we, uh, I must say that we have the most brilliant audience that we can ask for because one of the years really the water was pouring down and uh, the time that the interval was there I thought half of the audience will have disappeared but no virtually everybody returned for the second half and and the water was in my pockets of my my coat you will you won't believe it and then people leave and say thank you we'll see you next year so it's wonderful but it surely it's a bit dangerous with the electricity with the cables and the lights and everything oh but of course that has all been looked after it's, it's 
it's all isolated and it's it's all run and uh, in in a very proper way. So we we're not worried about it. The worry in open air theatre is not so much the rain because you can dress for it, but it's the wind. Because the wind means that there is is a sound noise in the in the trees, which is very difficult sometimes. That is actually far worse than rain in a way. So how does it work? They're doing uh, the Tempest in the evening, and during the day they do Alibaba. No, no, we have uh, the Tempest, uh, which starts on the 28th of August in near Den Bosch in the Kersau, and then goes to Wassenaar, and after Wassenaar goes on to Schovenhorst. Uh, and that's all evening performances. They start at 7.30. And before that, you can come in for a picnic. And uh, it ends around 10.30. So um, it's not a hugely late uh, uh, production. But um, it, that's all in the evening. And in only in Wassenaar, we have Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, which is the family uh, performance production that Illyria does also in Britain, and which has received rave comments. And it's wonderful. It's a very, very fun and feel-good play. So the Shakespeare is really the beginning of your season, isn't it? What else do you have coming up later? Well, after that, we um, we will present during the um, uh, the open airs online and on our social media and on our website the choice that we've made in Edinburgh because um, uh, early October we have our first production that's coming from Edinburgh. Uh, we're going to Edinburgh next week, so we will um, uh, as part of the British showcase, and we will go and see a few plays that we um, have already foretold that they may be chosen to come to us in. October. I'm pretty sure the one is going to be, but I don't want to open it yet. Can they do it at such short notice? Yes, they can, because this is um, um, uh, something that we have been agreeing on with uh, one or two companies, and we have worked with them before. So it's it's not a rerun of a play, but it will definitely be someone that has been here before in The Hague, because we've built up a relationship, and it's an ongoing schedule that they provide, So and they have already penciled in those October dates but it's it's going to be really wonderful so we look forward to that and after that we have another person who has been here uh, before it's Apfia Campbell uh, with her uh, show on Nina uh, Simone uh, which deals with um, uh, also with racism uh, but uh, Apfia isn't a formidable singer so that's going to be a wonderful show and after that we have our Christmas shows coming up first with a storytelling afternoon two matinee shows and then um, the Christmas Carol is returning as it has been for the last 13 years that has become a tradition and I think people know it by heart and join in <laughs> absolutely absolutely and they do and, and the, the carol singers are coming back and uh, so that is is um, one thing that is uh, well one says never change a winning team of course you always want to to delight and surprise people but this one obviously strikes such a chord the it's interesting to see that in this day and age it still is every year it sells out and it's uh yeah one of our biggest performances we still do and it wouldn't be christmas in the hay without it no you're right michael Let's talk a little bit in general about Stet. Um, when did it all get started? Well, it started in 2006 when uh, I came back from London 
um, uh, where I'd worked for um, over six years in Southwark Playhouse, which is a, a studio theatre in on the South Bank, um, which I uh, worked for first as a fundraiser and then as part of the production team. And when uh, my family came back to the Netherlands in 2005 actually we um, lots of my international friends asked what did you do as you do as you as a conversation and I explained that I had been working in a theatre and, and it turned out that there wasn't a lot of English language theatre in The Hague and people were craving it so um, that's then a friend of mine came up with a play um, that she wanted to produce. She's a she's a professor, a professional actor, and she produced it with her own company, Tusk. Some of your listeners may even remember Tusk, um, and um, that was on the 6th of June 2006. And we always take that date as actually the birth of Stead with um, uh, this play, uh, Summit Conference. Um, and it was um, a huge success and people loved it and and at that moment of course you still work from your sort of your personal address book but it, it grew very fast. So how many shows do you do a year normally? We do yearly uh, 10 around 10 to 12 shows and um, uh, so it's virtually every month there is um, uh, a weekend filled with English language theatre in The Hague, which makes it unique because it's nowhere else in in, uh, in the Netherlands um, there is an organisation like STED. There are a few companies that produce and they do really lovely work in English, but um, the, the STED programme is, is absolutely unique in the sense that it's different and it's, it's wide, it uh, really serves a community in the sense that we do um, uh, family shows up to uh, real political pieces and in between the more traditional Shakespeare's and, and the Dickens, you see. So it's, it's a very wide variety as well. But I think one thing that all the shows have in common by definition is they're small. So they're all one-handers or occasionally two-handers. Do you find that's a limitation when programming? It is a limitation, uh, absolutely, but it's also what I often say um, is uh, some people love the the big shows and some people love the small shows like some people like uh, the the symphonic orchestras and others like the chamber music so there is definitely a different taste there if you are really an admirer of of big uh, um, uh, shows um, like like uh, musicals then uh, definitely we're not going to accommodate you nor uh, huge plays from the the national uh, from London for uh, also, but thank God we got now the pate uh, that is is st- uh, streaming these performances um, in their uh, auditorium. So it, it, there is a provision for that as well that people can see big operas, big um, uh, huge productions in in that way. It's of course always a little bit second best, but. It's like seeing a big Dutch play with surtitles, which is also, in a way, second best. We have decided, and we've also discovered that that it's it's difficult because when we started, 
the Royal Theatre had a program of of Théâtre de Complicité, the, um, uh, the National Theatre, and they, they all performed the Royal Shakespeare Company. They performed here um, with live performances. Because there's very, very little English language theatre at the National Theatre here. Uh, I can't remember since I've been here in two years seeing an English production. No, there's no, nothing. Uh, there's really nothing, and they, that's a decision they have made also because we're here. You know, it, and and um, it, it it is not easy to uh, to produce an English play in the Netherlands. To be honest, there is an audience, but the audience isn't vast. You can see that in Amsterdam, they are putting up more English language plays, but it's it's still a struggle to fill the auditorium. You see, Although, well, I mean, not not everybody goes to the theatre the same in England uh, or anywhere else. Absolutely, that's for sure. I always have to explain to people that if you, uh, I know most about the Hague, of course. So if, if you even if you calculate the international community at fifty thousand, then only five thousand would be interested in in theatre and maybe that, even I think, less. I think that's not ten percent. I think it's optimistic. Uh, uh, exactly, exactly. And then if you know that we. Our numbers are sort of uh, between three and four thousand visitors a year. I think we're doing pretty well. So because not only do you do the theatre, but the, the the educational part, the community part of Stet is quite important. What does that entail? Well, the uh, since 2013, Stet has got um, a solid education department, which firstly was based in the program. So actors that came from wherever out of the world, uh, they were also asked to provide uh, educational activities for schools. So my uh, colleague Dora Verosh, she um, started to to set up a network of schools and lots of schools were interested in it but of course the the limitation was that it was only during the moment that they were here so that was a short period around a production that they were performing here so she has in time developed a whole group of international actors that provides um, uh, programs for schools throughout the year so if you go to our website which has recently been renewed you can see there are 15 or even more I think there are 15 or even more educational offers now on it including uh, offers for teachers are these all in English as well all in English all in English and it, it really it's it has been the biggest uh, growth of Stet has not been so much in in the in the productions but more in the educational field um, Dora has has done an amazing job there and um, uh, and she's she's going to continue with that but she's just had a baby so uh, she's now uh, um, not with us but she, there's Berta Cuso who is uh, taking or has taken over for her uh, education activities temporarily but it's it's one of our best um, yeah best going departments instead so very proud of it by the way very proud okay thank you very much that's Elska van Holk of Stet the English theatre in The Hague Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever you're interested in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot nl. Arts Talk magazine, dot nl. Arts Talk radio online.
was the multinational trio Steel Sheep playing Unibrow, which was composed by their violinist Bella Horvat. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. Earlier this year, we broadcast a conversation I had with Nicholas Mansfield, who's the artistic director and general manager of the Nederlands Rise Opera. Now a Dutch citizen, he was born in England, but he spent most of his working life in Holland. I came here uh, when I was 21 years old to sing in the in a Dutch radio chorus, the Het Groot Omroep Corps, and I did that for 10 years. And then I left, started my own company, started teaching singing, started uh, conducting, and uh, in 2000 I became chorus master at the, at the Rice Opera in Enschede, and in 2013 I became general director. And how many productions do you do a year? We do three productions per year. We used to do five. That was before the big culture cuts uh, in the Netherlands in 2012-13. So when I started my job, the first thing I had to do was to reorganize the whole company. And now we, uh, we're a lean and mean opera company, as they say in English. Do you have a, a, a policy as far as um, what works you put on? Or do you like a really mixed... Um, I, I like a mixed program. I like to. Uh, I also like to produce well-known operas. It's important that we produce well-known operas because you know people will come. Uh, and at the same time, I, I believe very strongly in the fact that we should give people something also give people something they didn't know they wanted until they saw or seen it. So, so that's why Die Tote Stadt is such an adventure, mm. because it's not a very well-known opera, it's not in the Netherlands anyway. It's full of the most amazing music. It's a beautiful story, and we have wonderful singers, a great cast, and, um, yeah, it's just an incredible journey. I mean, it's a, it's a good idea to, to have a, a company with a good, good reputation that enables you to do um, lesser-known works in England. There's the English Touring Opera, yeah. which does uh, completely unknown works. Yeah. But they do them very, very well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you know, whatever whatever they do, you yeah. go along, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's that corporate marketing thing. Eh? So if you go to ETO, uh, English Touring Opera, you know you're going to go to a, to a, to a very good opera. And people will... will go whatever the title is because they know they're going for quality. I mean, that's an important thing with any, with a theatre, with anything, that you need to be able to, to trust a place. You need yep. to be able to know that if you go, it's going to be good. Exactly. Because exactly. prices are exactly. so high, you can't afford to... Yeah. And if it was up to you entirely, you were programming just for yourself, what would your preferred pieces be? Oh, I think I've done them already. Uh, <laughs> and what were they? Now, I, I, adore, I adore Wagner, so um, I, I could listen to Tristan Montisolde every day for my life. Yeah, the Fliegen der Hollow was The Fliegen der Hollow, we just done, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, have a, we try and have a varied, uh, varied um, a production list. Uh, do, I mean, Wagner uh, is notoriously, I mean, big, have big chorus and big sets. Mm. Are they more difficult or more expensive, or is that just uh, an impression one would get? Um, th- they are big, but there are there are choices you can make in order to make them smaller. For example, in Tristan and Isolde, we didn't. That was the, my very first production as director, when we hardly had any money at all because of the cuts to culture in 2012-13. Um, so I decided to put the um, put the men's chorus off stage, and you can do that and still retain the integrity of the production. And by putting the men's chorus backstage, you. Uh, you already save 40,000 euros because they don't have to have a costume. So how, how long does it take you to, uh, from conception to production? That's a period of around between four and five years. That's a very long period. Um, and that has to do with all the things that need to happen within that period. So first you need to decide which opera you want to produce. Now you have to discuss that internally. Can we, can we afford it is, the, of course, the most important question. Did you, have, you have a permanent company, more or less. Yeah, we have a, permanent, a small company, a permanent company, but with all the crucial positions that need to be in an opera house. So uh, a head of finance, uh, marketing, uh, I mean the singers. education. Singers, no. We, our singers, our artists are always guests. Okay. 
yeah, so I'd, we, for every production we have a new director and a totally new cast. Uh, that's the that's what takes a lot of time because you need to after you've decided which production you do you want to do you need to decide who you want to direct it and then they need to think together with you about who and they want to design it. Of course, yeah. Um, Designers, then, then, then the whole process of delivery of the sets and the costumes, and we have to cost that, we have to budget that. Sometimes we have to change it. Um, that's a period of a number of years before you. Uh, Does it ever not work out, and you have to drop it? It's it's happened once, but that wasn't that was actually nothing to do with the rice opera. That was to do with a, with a, another company that was co-producing with us. We were quite a long way down the down down the line, and we had to pull the plug. That was Nicholas Mansfield, who is the artistic director and general manager of the Nederlands Arise Opera. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. So, that's all for this week, but please join us for the next edition of Arts Talk Radio. If you have any comments, we'd be pleased to hear from you. And if you click on the subscribe button, you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest programmes. My name is Michael Hasted, and so for the moment, it's goodbye.